Thank you, Atkins sisters. How wonderful to hear you sing together again. And, and they've been singing for almost 65 years. No, not really, right? Yeah, no. It seems like that. Well, you were, you were little, yeah. It was close. Yeah, she was three. Nancy said she was three years old when she started singing. But uh, how blessed we are to, to be able to bring them back and, and, and reminisce and, and have such beautiful music from the founding family uh, of the church. And we thank the Lord for that. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for the music we've been able to lift up in praise to you. Father, we know that you were exalted, and we continue to seek to exalt you as we bring forth your word. And Father, help us to understand what exalting you really means. Bless your word now as we open it, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you'll take your Bibles with me, turn to Isaiah chapter 25. Isaiah 25. I want to start here, and then we're going to move to one other passage. But Isaiah 25, verse 1. The background here uh, is that the prophet Isaiah had been prophesying about the judgment that was coming upon the nations for their wickedness and also Israel for the disobedience. So the previous chapters, Isaiah is prophesying, here comes the judgment of God. But then suddenly, we arrive at chapter 25, and now Isaiah suddenly begins to reflect upon who God is and what he has planned. He looks back on what God has done, but now he's going to look forward to what God has in store, and that is the great millennial kingdom of the Messiah. And so chapter 25 is all about how the Lord is going to bring a remnant back and he, Jesus, is going to return as the Messiah and he will, and, and he will transform this world into his kingdom, a kingdom of righteousness. But this thought overwhelms Isaiah. So imagine this. In the midst of all this, he's got a painful message to share to the people. Judgment is coming. But now he, he says this, verse 1. O Lord, thou art my God. I will exalt thee. I will give, thee, I will give thanks to thy name, for thou hast worked wonders. Plans formed long ago with perfect faithfulness. If you have a King James Version, this is how it's translated. O Lord, thou art my God. I will exalt thee. I will praise thy name. Instead of the word thanks, King James translates the word praise. Same thing. I will praise thy name, for thou hast done wonderful things. And then he concludes this verse in King James Version. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth faithfulness and truth. So the New American Standard Version and other translations translate the last part about God and and how he 
planned things and all his wondrous works. He did it with perfect faithfulness. King James says it basically the same way. Faithfulness and truth. Faithfulness and truth. And so then he goes on to prophesy about the kingdom. When Jesus Christ comes back to earth, if, as we read in Revelation, if you read the account in, in Revelation chapter 19, we have this picture that is given by John. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And of course, this is Jesus Christ returning to earth to judge the nations. And he who sat on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and wages war. Jesus is given the title faithful and true. He's faithful and true. And Isaiah here, in the midst of all the trouble that's going to come, the distress of the nations, he is, uh, in chapter 24, he's actually talking about the tribulation period to come. But now, suddenly, what does he say? You are my God. Thou art my God. Because you're my God, I will exalt thee. I will exalt thee. The word, the Hebrew word for exalt here means to lift up or to raise up high so that the, the, uh, the person or object is magnified, is lifted up, exalted. And, and that is exactly what Jonestown Bible Church has been doing for 65 years. Every, every pastor that's, that has led this church, their desire has been to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ and the family of God here participated and did that. And all of you who are here today, you've sought to exalt the Lord through your ministries here at the church, for teaching Sunday school, for being part of all the youth ministries, all aspects of ministries. You have sought to exalt the Lord. We have, as a church, sought to exalt the Lord And we want to continue to do that in the days ahead until Jesus returns. But I want you to see what Isaiah speaks of when he says, I will exalt thee. Because his exaltation of Jesus, of God the Father here, and of course the Messiah, he says, I will exalt thee. Then he says, I will give thanks to thy name for thou hast worked wonders, plans formed long ago with perfect faithfulness, with perfect faithfulness. He's exalting the Lord. Why? He's giving thanks, first of all, for his wondrous works. And you might be like where Isaiah is, and he's He's, he's going through difficult times as he has to bring the message of judgment that God is going to bring, but he brings hope. He has hope in his heart, and he, he finds a place to exalt the Lord, first of all, by giving thanks 
for his wondrous works in the past. And as we look back, we see the wondrous works of God in the past. From way back when the church, this church, as was mentioned, burned down in the 70s. And Satan didn't want this work to continue. No doubt, Satan thought that the work here was done. It was ended. But the people of God, with the strength of the Holy Spirit, led by the Spirit, Pastor George Atkins, got together and everybody used their talents and abilities to rebuild this church that you see here now for the glory of God. And they did that through much sweat and suffering and, and cost and sacrifice. And yet here we are today because of that sacrifice. God was not done with the ministry here. And he's not done yet. He's still using us to exalt his name, to give thanks. Here is the history of Jonestown Bible Church. Take a look at the brief history of Jonestown Bible Church. church. I first met Pastor and Mrs. Atkins back in the summer of 1951. I was in the Army at the time. We took our basic training at Camp Stewart, Georgia, and we came by train up here in the summer of 1951. And several of our Army buddies, Bill Ferris and Alex Boda, they came in earlier and they said, hey, we found a church out here that has service every night. We'd be interested in going. So I said, sure we did. So we came out here and met Pastor Mrs. Atkins. And since then, we've been very close as friends. And we appreciate all that the Pastor and Mrs. Atkins have done to us personally. As we think about the ministry of this church, 
course, have to send around Pastor Atkins because they made us very welcome when we came here. And they even get, at the time, the church, the gospel center, it's called Inantown Gap Gospel near uh, Harper's. And they gave these long taxi cabs that they bought from New York City, DeSoto, and every night they would go back in the camp and ask men in barracks if they'd care to go to church. And of course, these church was church on a Tuesday or a Thursday, whatever, you know, they always, they always start church just on a Sunday mostly. But a lot of them came out on the invitation of these, these two men who went out and did us inviting. Pastor Atkins got us involved, those of us who were Christian servicemen. At the time, he was also director of the Yellow Youth for Christ. And he used to go in there and give our testimonies. And some of them then, who were talented with their singing, also played the guitars. And they took part in that ministry as well. The Lord certainly was using us as God's people to take the message of the gospel wherever we are. And of course, we in the barracks, we should be you live lives which would honor the Lord Jesus Christ. I was married, my wife Caroline, April 27, 1952. Pastor Atkins officiated at our wedding. And then even later, when the Lord gave us children, three of our oldest children's wedding was also officiated by Pastor Atkins. After being discharged, my wife and I continued to come to the golf center. After the gap downsized at the suggestion of Pastor Atkins, we decided to build and start a church. We went to visit a Christian lawyer by the name of Mr. Klinger in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania for help and also had help of the well-known Pastor Clarence Didden of the Limerick Chapel. He later became president of IFCA. Our church continued our relationship and had him as our guest speaker many times. After everything was in order, our church purchased the land where we are today and we started building. We had a lot of donated labor, and the Lord blessed our efforts. We then voted our deacons on elders, and the church ministry began under Pastor Atkins' leadership. From the very beginning, our church had always been missionary-minded, and we still support missionaries around the world. Some of our young people are going to Bible school, became pastors, missionaries, Christian workers, pastors' wives, after being encouraged by Pastor and Mrs. Atkins. Pastor Atkins was a man of vision, new ideas of ministry. Under his leadership, here are some of them. Radio broadcasts of our evening services. Saturday afternoon, gospel and song. Later on, story time with Aunt Shirley. That would be Shirley Glick. He got his four oldest girls to sing when they were invited to outside services, such as Rally and other services. He called them the upstarts and include Brenda, Mary Louise, Norma, and Nancy. A latest trio who had blessed hearts was composed of Betty, her sister Mary Klein, and Mary Nicewinder. Pastor's younger brother Russ was the featured male soloist, and Doris Ulrich was the accomplice on the piano. The first male quartet was Lee and Ralph Gingrich, Carolina and Gleason Ritchie. They were called Soldiers of the King. Later on, Pastor Atkins started the missionary car ministry when cars were loaned to missionaries on furlough. At one time, our church had over 100 cars being used all over the United States. Pastor Atkins started publishing a Christian periodical called The Fellowship Paper, and it was mailed free to anyone who desired it. Under Pastor Atkins' leadership, we had three successful youth ministries, Pioneer Girls, Boys Brigade, Awana, and our present one, Word of Life. 
ladies also had a ministry. It was called Ladies Missionary Group. And they made things for missionaries and used their offering to support Gladys Wigdon, who they knew personally, a black lady who ministered to the Seminole Indians in Florida. Another ministry approved by Pastor Atkinson was the Scofield Bible class taught by Gleason Ritchie, and I was in that class. I also was a leader in, in all the youth ministries. I was privileged to serve as deacon and elder. The choir has been blessed to have Mrs. Atkinson as director for over 50 years. And we greeted the Sunday night broadcast every every Sunday with the theme song, To God Be the Glory, and it still hangs up in front of our sanctuary. I was privileged to be a part of the choir for over 40 years and in Sunday school the same number of years. Since our church is an IFCA church, we are invited to be a part of a large combined choir to sing John Peterson and Don Wilson's patriotic cantata, I Love America, at the IFCA National Convention at the York Fairgrounds. We were accompanied by a full orchestra from Calvary Church of Lancaster and the solos with Diane Susek and her husband Ron was the speaker. It was the year 1976 as our nation was celebrating their 200th birthday. throughout these past years and I'm sure it will continue as souls are saved and, and people are built up in their faith as, as well as dedicated services of the Lord. Pastor Atkin and Betty were dedicated to faithful service of the Lord and I'm indebted to them. Pastor Atkin was my pastor, friend and mentor. He was the one who invited me to minister to nursing homes and senior citizens, which I've done for over 40 years. May our church continue to be a lighthouse all the ministers I've mentioned have been blessed of God and have been used to encourage, to trust the Lord, and to serve the Lord, which is their reasonable service. Some highlights that happened back in 1978, our girls' sextet was a national champion in, in competition, which was held out in Colorado. That included the, the Miley girls, Brenda and Linda, Jan Gingrich, Janine Katani, Britt Atkins, and our daughter Sue. And also Doug Schaefer, who won on his trumpet as the National Chapel in the talent contest. In 1972, our church had a church bus, and we went to the Pastor Bob Matthew Church in Wilkesbury to help clean up the church that was devastated by the flood of 1972. And also our bus in 1971 went to the IFC Convention in California all the way by bus. And so our church has been a, a church that was involved in a lot of ministries, but the main purpose was to give out the gospel. And that's why the pastor thought it was important that we get the gospel out by radio especially. And there were many times that he was invited out because a lot of people knew him because of the radio ministry. And so he was invited to many services outside of our church. And so our church has continued to be a missionary-minded church from the very beginning, and we still support many missionaries around the world. 
And I trust you and I as God's people in our church today will continue that and we'll give out the gospel whenever we have the chance. And I'm privileged to be a part of this church for over 60 years and I appreciate being a part of it. Thank you very much. Amen. Amen. There's a glimpse of what God has done. And uh, I had another passage of Scripture to go to, which would, uh, the Apostle Paul talked about exalting the Lord. We won't take time to do that. But in Philippians chapter 1, you know, we talk about exalting the Lord over these 65 years corporately. But the Apostle Paul was concerned about exalting the Lord Jesus Christ individually in his own personal life. As you remember there in Philippians chapter 1, he said his ultimate purpose was, one, that the gospel would be proclaimed, the gospel of Jesus Christ would be proclaimed, even in his chains there in the prison. He wrote that letter from prison But he heard people were preaching the gospel while he was in prison, those who had sincere motives, those who had evil motives. And yet God was using them. And so it didn't matter what kind of purpose they had for doing it. If they were preaching the real, true gospel, Paul was rejoicing in his chains. So one, he exalted the Lord by by focusing upon the, the, the wonderful gospel message getting out proclaiming the gospel proclaiming christ and secondly the way paul desired to exalt the lord was through his body he said that he himself his desire was that in all things whatever they may be that he would exalt the lord in his body that the lord his desire was that the lord would be magnified in his body same word as exalted or magnified if you take a magnifying glass kids right and you you look at something you look at an ant or something small suddenly it becomes real big we are to magnify the lord jesus christ in our bodies and that means day in and day out what comes out of my mouth am i exalting the lord through my lips whether it be in song, whether it be in, in just speaking his name, sharing my faith, or it's in my heart, even in the midst of my trials and my burdens. And you this morning, dear friend, you might be finding yourself in the midst of great sorrow. And Paul, as he was in the midst of those chains, he's saying, whether by life or by death, I want to magnify Christ in my body. I want to exalt him in my body. And we can exalt the Lord in the deepest pain of our life. I've seen it recently. I've seen it in Brooke and Dustin this past week. He shared with me the next day as I, I contacted him, asked how he was doing. And Dustin said, we are experiencing the peace of God. The peace of God. They, they can't explain it. But that's that grace of God. But what they're doing 
And what they have been doing, though their hearts are broken, at the loss of that baby, which they held in their hand, and their broken hearts, tears flowing down their face, they didn't understand. But they knew who God was. And they continued to exalt him in their prison, in their pain, in their suffering. I've seen it in my brother Bevan after he was diagnosed with bladder cancer. And many of you know, as we've been keeping you updated on his condition, he is to begin chemo treatments the Monday after Thanksgiving, next Monday, a week from this Monday. Uh, But again, his body is so weak, so frail, and his kidneys aren't strong enough that they, they can't give him the strong chemo that he needs. But in all this, as I sat with him the other day in his living room, and he didn't have much strength, but he was able to share with me that he knew God had a plan. Didn't know what it was. He still believed God could heal if he so chooses. God can do anything. But, but he was exalting the Lord right there in that living room, even though he couldn't get out of his chair and do things like he normally would. He was exalting the Lord. My friends, you and I can exalt the Lord, and that's what we desire. We look back. We've seen it for 65 years. Let's look forward and see what God has in store for us and continue to exalt him individually and in our personal lives so that the world will look at us and they will see Jesus magnified in our body. And guess what? When, when we do that, we will have the opportunity to share that glorious gospel, which we've been doing for 65 years, the gospel that changes lives. May we not be ashamed. My dear friend, Perhaps this morning you came as a believer with a hurting heart. And you find yourself in some kind of a prison. And you're finding it hard to exalt the Lord in it all. Would you look at the cross and what Jesus did for you there? And all the suffering and pain that he took for you? And would you right now just surrender it all to him? And say, Lord, I will exalt you in my suffering. That the glorious gospel might be proclaimed through my life in the midst of the pain. And Father, the the Lord Jesus might be magnified, exalted in my body. May the world see him in me. Would you do that, Christian? right now and would you make it a commitment to not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ in your life but be bold and willing to live out that gospel and speak it until Jesus comes if you're here this morning without Christ you can't honestly say you know you're going to heaven but Jesus went to the cross and died for you and took your sin upon himself. Right now, he wants to save you from your sin. He'll cleanse you and forgive you of all the sin you've ever done. He'll make you a new creation. He'll make you a new person on the inside. If you would but trust him now, ask him to save you, he will.
He will save you and set you free from your sin that you can today become a child of God and have your everlasting life as a free gift, a home in heaven. If you're ready to make that decision, would you do it now? Pray a simple prayer like this with me. Pray it now. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sin. I believe you died for me on that cross and took the punishment for my sin. Come into my heart right now and wash my sins away. I receive you today as my very own Savior. Thank you for dying for me and rising from the dead, Lord Jesus. With heads still bowed, if you gave your heart to Christ right now, you are born again spiritually. You've had a new birth on the inside. And you have been forgiven your sins, and now you've been robed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Welcome to the family of God. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. Lord, may we leave here exalting your name. And may we do it through our actions, our words, and the way we live. And even in the midst of our suffering, Lord. And that we might continue to proclaim the glorious gospel that we might not be ashamed of. And we'll give you the thanks and praise as we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.